What is your take on the true jihad? He looks badass. I just I got hey, wait, that's a triple play. New episodes of Kill Way. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages? Welcome back to the AOA show. I'm your host, as always, Ian, along with the boy Isaiah. Yo, yo, oh, hi, yo. <laughs> and today we're talking Tower of God. Uh, got a lot of questions for this one, which is great. You yeah. guys are awesome. Um, and these are chapters. We're awesome. So it totally makes sense. Amazing fights, amazing storytelling. Really excited to see where we go from here. Um, so we're here to answer these questions today. This is part one. So we took seven of the most upvoted questions in our community discord and the TOG questions channel. If you guys are not aware, after our live streams, you have an hour to hop into the TOG questions channel within our community discord. So you got to join it to, um, to ask your question, ask it. And the ones with the most upvotes, seven, uh, will be talked about and answered in today's discussion. We will sometimes have a part two to our discussion, though, where we will kind of do some of the other questions that maybe not, maybe didn't have necessarily the most upvotes, um, but were just interesting. Uh, people that didn't necessarily get their voice heard or people that were new to it. Um, just kind of giving everyone a chance to voice their opinions and ask their questions and stuff. So don't shy away from asking your question and don't be discouraged if it doesn't have the most upvotes. Participation is key. But anyway, we're going to hop into the first section today uh first question today take it away here it goes by emperor dark north thank you for the question this one had quite a few upvotes here over 20 it says based on his progression so far in tower of god do you think the current bomb is a is a growth of his character or the downfall of his original innocence oh that's a that's a heavy one um good question and thank you for asking emperor dark north um I don't think it's a downfall of, of his original innocence. I think Bomb has basically stayed pretty similar in his moral code uh, and his moral guidepost. I think that, generally speaking, the the underlying root of what spurs him to make his decisions in terms of what's right, what's wrong, has been pretty similar, I would say, across the board. Bomb is pretty consistent. He's human at the end of the day, so he has his little quips. He holds little grudges. He calls Anaka lizard or whatever, um, like all those silly things. But when it comes to what's right, what's wrong, he's been pretty consistent across the board with that. Hell, he's even been pretty consistent over disregarding that when it comes to Rachel. <laughs> so, I mean, to be fair, again, whether that's right or wrong, I would say he's pretty consistent. Now, I would say, though, one thing that has been great, especially in this set of chapters, um, is his growth. And this is where I think it would be uh, a progression um, and not the destruction of his innocence, um, is that he has, through this power, through the Red Threesha and the Blue Demon, Blue Threesha, um, and all these sort of abilities and, and vial within his consciousness, um, he sort of come to terms with what it means to decide for himself instead of taking the influence from every which person that tells him what to do because this is a big moment for bomb and taking his self-agency because isaiah highlights it beautifully in a lot of our previous discussions that bomb is a very reactionary character a very reactionary protagonist and to be honest i think this is one of the first times of a couple you know like there are a couple sprinkled throughout but this is really a big moment for him 
in terms of taking self-agency and being a proactive character and what it is he's choosing to do because it kind of leads that illusion on that he's being a little proactive sometimes with his climbing the tower, but then you realize with his self-talk here is that, wait a minute, this is because of what every which person has told me to do. Like, where's where's what I thought come into the equation here? You know, even Garum he uses as a flashback telling me it's like, you got to do this. You were here for Arlene, you're Arlene's kid, this, that, and the third. You know, I could go on, fug, etc. But um, I think this is a really big moment for him, and I don't think his his innocence is necessarily destroyed. But this will be a huge thing for him going forward because now, I mean, he's al- already been super powerful. But like this was like he was like going up like this, and it just shot. You know what I mean? It just shot up. Everything just exploded in power. So curious to see where this goes and if it uh if it corrupts his his moral standing in any which way, shape, or form. But I don't know if you have any thoughts, Isaiah. Yeah, uh, so I basically agree. Um, I definitely don't think that this hurt his... I don't think it hurt his character, in a sense. I guess, sure, you can make the argument that he's less innocent because he knows more about the Tower and is, like, in, in making a definitive stance to, like, oppose Jihad is, like, now taking a side... But like I don't I, I don't I guess what what I'm getting at is the question frames that like it's a bad thing sort of and I don't think that that's the case I think again all of this can kind of be encapsulated under Bam's growth like just as his progression as a character because yeah like you were saying um, he has been a very reactive protagonist and, and up until now he's had some moments in the workshop arc and uh, you know the um, a couple of the other arcs where like scenes or moments that he sort of stepped out of that and like made a decision or decided to do something or confront somebody, et cetera. But like, this is the first time where he even, you know, he makes these bold proclamations and really like sits down with his, with, <laughs> with his literal demons and, and, and comes to terms with who he is, is able to finally identify and proudly pro- proclaim who he is and say things like, now I'm fighting with my own power. I'm not using everybody else's skills, you know, that have got me here so far. I am going to use Bam's strength, and that is a combination of all the demons and, and you know, his sworn enemy, like, all of that stuff, everything that makes Bam Bam, um, you know, he's now utilizing that and even has the the proclamation of his his goal when he's fighting Jihad, where once Jihad sort of goes through his uh, ideology, basically, of, like, what it is he, he's, he thinks and, and why he's doing what he's doing, he's like, okay, well, if that's what you think, if that's the excuse that you're using to destroy the lives of as many people as you've destroyed, then my goal is to destroy your, like, that that goal, that vision of yours, um, because it's corrupted and it's not, you know, it, it isn't, you know, you know, it's a, it's a fallacy, basically, um, which, again, makes sense, is that one of the things that we were really getting in on uh, going into this arc and going to the future is that, like, a lot of people are sort of, like, picking Pam up and being like, I, like, future guy who's going to kill Jihad, like, are you ready to kill Jihad? Because that's, like, your goal. And he's like, uh, yeah, cool, okay, I guess that's what I'll do. And like you said, even when he meets Garam, Garam gives him that whole story, and it kind of makes it seem like the story makes it so that he like he's got no choice, right? It's like you were born to put an end to Jihad. Like you ha- that is your goal. And he's like, okay, uh, <laughs> sure. I guess that's what I'm doing now. Um, but this is the first time where he's like, no, I I this is what I want to do. I want to make sure that you don't hurt any more innocent people, you know, under the guise or excuse of accomplishing your dream. And that is the first time that we've and I think so going forward, Bam is going to be a much more like no, I need to go here because I need to get this done in order to get my, like, he's just got, go, he's got goals now, you know, and, and he's got his own skills set now and his own powers and he's, re- he's really coming to his own and I, I absolutely love it. 
Mm, absolutely. 100%. All right. Second question is from Riru. Thank you. Uh, the question is, who did the sword tell Wang Nan to kill? Where do you think Wang Nan's character arc is heading? Knowing that Wang Nan and Jihad both have some of... of both have some form of immortality that Wang Nong has had his never go after revenge mindset from the 20th floor obliterated as a consequence when he declared revenge on Rachel and that he wants to become the king of the tower. Do you think he's going down the same path as Jihad? Why or why not? Oh. <laughs> um, wow. So Wang Nong, first, um, Wang Nong is just, just a favorite character of mine because he's... Because he's the character that I, like, relate to the most in the story, you know? Like, I, I would not be a coon who's, like, super analytical and tactical. It would not be a Bam who's, like, this quiet but, like, hella gifted dude that just... Like, I would be a Wong Nan. I'd be somebody who's got, like, no specific, you know, talent. I mean, like, ignoring the king thing, because I don't even think I'd get that lineage. I would be that lucky. But, like, I, you know, you just don't have any special skill sets, but, like... You know, you've got nothing but your guts and your heart, and and you, you just like that has to be your guiding force. That has to be the the compass, so to speak, that guides you up this tower. Um, and it's something I've always admired about this character from for him one, because because he's always been incredibly consistent, even at the, when his life was threatened with it. You know what I mean? When it could have been easier to turn, you know, to duck and turn away from a situation or an encounter, or whatever he has. He, you know, he's he's come through uh, a lot of times, and and for unfortunately, because the story is such a tragedy, he's paid the price. You know what I mean? Sticking that mindset has, has you know, given him some setbacks. Um, I I don't I don't know who that sword could have told him to kill, um, because I don't know if it's something where it's like the sword is an extension of somebody else's agenda, and they want Wang Nan to be corrupted in a sense by following that, but like also kind of getting their ulterior motive across or if the sword is like yeah whoever you want to kill like do it kill them because it's it's more of a thing of like feeding into that person's uh personal vendettas so like it might be like yeah go kill rachel like do it because like it knows that wang nan wants to kill rachel or, or you know like would like to kill rachel and it knows like the you know it, it knows the the passion and the you know the pain that is associated with him personally which would make him more liable to want to do it on his own or if it's like a little like i said like a little control thing where it's like yeah you go do me a favor and go kill x person and then i'll you know and then i'll give you power or whatever um i don't know because i don't know we don't know where the sword came from it was just like there it's like hey what's up uh, i'm a sword and uh you know so i don't know who uh, you know I, I one of those two avenues i think if it's the uh I think if it's more like trying to do its own thing, it might have told him to kill Bam. Um, because I just I just feel like that's either Bam or like maybe Howery Yoon, actually. Because I think oh. this thing might be like trying to it, it, again, if it if it is like has its own agenda, might be trying to dismantle Fug from the inside out. And Howery Yoon is a pretty uh, viable member of Fug, A, because of what she knows, but B because she's a guy, right? Kind of take out their their you know, their way of navigating the tower. Um, and that would really mess up Fug. Plus, it's probably the only person that Wong Nan, you know, even with that sword, like, could, <laughs> like, you know, stealthily or whatever, probably take out. Because I'm thinking, like, he's not jumping uh, Jin Song, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's my thing. And it, But if it is, like, more well, a, personal, a personal thing, I do think it's it's going to tell him to kill Rachel. Because um, it's the only person that Wong Nan has that, like, this question states, has that level of, like, aggression towards um and Wang Nan's never go never go after revenge uh philosophy has been triumphed or her has been uh, uh left to the wayside because of the incident with Rachel I don't 
it's tough because he's like in my mind he's got every reason to but again the reason i love wong on as a character is i don't think he will i ultimately do not think he's going to go down the same path as jihad because i do think that regardless of what the sword is going to grant him regardless of what it, it it wants to do i do think wong not like i said his his power his ability is his moral compass like he he cannot could not live with himself if he had to kill somebody like just to get power like i think he'll be presented with the opportunity and it might even come down to an altercation but i i i just can't see him doing it i can't i, can't, I mean and i don't want to like put him up on a pedestal so to speak because i don't i don't want to be like i could never wong nam would never take a life because i i don't actually i think want i think if a situation arose like he would but i guess the thing is like going down the path of jihad in my mind says more about like him taking a life that he that he doesn't have to and in pursuit of power which is not something i think he would do um if it's like in self-defense or like he ha it's kill you you know kill or be killed maybe um but yeah i i, I just i couldn't I, I don't. I don't think he will. I think he might be going down a similar path, but I actually think, you know, and I don't know, if I haven't looked at the other questions, but I think Bam and Jihad, to be honest, are much more attuned as far as the, the journey that they have on the tower. I think Wang Nan actually is, is, you know, at least in my mind, not that I wrote the story, but is being set up to be the antithesis of Bam and Jihad in the sense that, like, they're these two incredibly gifted people, like, out the gate who are, like, you know, have this fate, and, and, and Wang Nan isn't, right? He's sort of a, an, an outlier. He's a variable in that sense where he doesn't have, he's not, nobody expects anything of Wang Nan, but in a way, that's what makes him such a valuable asset because it's those people that you don't expect anything of that are the ones that are the most extraordinary. Mm. No, I mean, you hit every nail there was to hit. Um, it's a long question. So I was <laughs> no, to... no, you're good, you're good. I'm not saying, that's not a bad thing. I think it was well put. Um, yeah, the only thing I could see with who did the sword tell Wang Nan to kill, the sword looked like, very jihad brand um, in this in the sense that it, it was did, like a yeah. thorn that red thorn thing like, that came yeah, out. Yeah. I don't mean thorn literally the way I yeah, literally yeah. or a horn rather yeah, yeah, like yeah. the red horn. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of jihad's thing. So or at least the demon that's residing in jihad. So definitely seemed like a very jihad thing. It was also gold. The uh, the or yeah. it was like golden red. So if anything, I would assume that it wants Wang Nan to kill someone that jihad wants dead. Or okay, whatever, like, sense. the seed of the king is or something that maybe transcends jihad but also has an influence on jihad. So oh, that's... What if it tells him to kill Karaka? Karaka? Maybe. Ooh, that's interesting. That's right? an interesting Because I actually do remember now the sword refers to him as one who has the seed of the king. Mm. Like, it identifies Wang Nan specifically because... I, so I think it scouted Wang Nan out, like, specifically. Ooh. It was like, I know who you are. You want some power. I can give it to you. But you've got to eliminate all your enemies. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. There's uh there's so many, there's so many characters and it's like so many characters we've also yet to meet. So it's like, you know what I mean? It could be someone that we haven't even met yet, you know, or, yeah, yeah. or not going to meet for a while. I That's don't know. True. And all of a sudden it just happens. It's like, <laughs> it was that guy. I wanted you to kill that guy. You know, I don't know. Um, but I think Isaiah answered that question very well. So I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, next question comes by Vladimir. Thank you for the question. It says, what is your take on the true jihad? What kind of key is that bracelet, and what kind of power do you guys think it'll unlock? Um, what is your take on the true jihad? He looks badass. I just, I gotta say, dude, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I can't get over how fucking badass he looks. I'm not, like, maybe it's, like, my love of, like, history and just, like, the Roman Empire that just, like, it's just this aesthetic is very, like, sp like, 
chieftain Spartan or like, you know what I mean? Or like I Roman just, legionnaire. You I know? just picture like when like, you know, when he comes down and he's meeting Data Jihad and Bam, they're all like, oh, fuck. And Eon's like, oh, shit, it's the real Jihad. And you're there and you're like, dude, sick armor, bro. <laughs> dude, he looks like Julius Caesar, but just like eight foot tall. You know, and it's like Julius Caesar and like Michael Jordan combined. It's just like, I don't know. It's yeah. just, it looks badass. So I'm just like really excited. And I was pleasantly surprised when he came down because honestly, I would have taken him with the goofy shorts still because I just thought that was hilarious. But I'm like, I don't think this is going to, you know, like he's no, going to yeah. come into his own. Um, but yeah, I think my take on, on the, the true jihad is that he's seen some shit. Like that, that's really what it's been. Right. And like, you could take that in terms of like, he's lost someone he loves, whatever the case, right? Like Arlene, the whole thing there, excuse me, but Jihad knows a lot on what's going, what's going down in this tower. He's in charge of it. And so there's something that is being hidden from the audience, obviously that this guy knows that's like big, that that's what I'm saying, because for Jihad or anyone to be flipped into what's going on. I think there is an argument to be had that it might've been just a gradual process from everything, but I think a culmination of all the things that he's seen while going up, um, has definitely warped his perspective on what is important. What is not, I mean, the guy's trying to control fate as we know it, which is interesting because it kind of is the antithesis to this ad adventuring, exploring the unknown style thing, right? It's like, trying to trying to predetermine everything that happens so there is no unknown right so it's like but unfortunately that then will stunt growth where it's like the adventurer aspect of them it's like there's always this continuous growth to be had so i'm curious to know what that is and i mean this is like super end game but i really want to know like when they finally get to jihad it's like what the hell's on that floor? Why didn't you go? You know, what is it that you've seen that makes you think that like this has to be the only way I don't know, man. There's just, uh, you know what it is? My take on him is curiosity. I just want to know what the hell happened um, and why he's doing what he's doing beyond just what other people have said. I want to hear it from him, you know, and see what it is, you know, that that that's given weight to this, this alternate persona uh, of him or his true persona, you know? So it's interesting. What kind of key is that bracelet and what kind of power do you think it'll unlock? Monitor your heart rate. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I think I just, I have no clue, man. They like, some of these questions are really tough and I feel sometimes it's like, it's better for me to just keep my mouth shut rather than just say something completely stupid <laughs> because I just, I just genuinely have no freaking idea what the heck that bracelet could be. Um, it might be an artifact of Arlene, uh, like something that she wore, um, it might have some sort of data or something mm -hmm. encrypted in it. Um, I don't know. You got any thoughts on this one? Uh, I do. Uh, okay, I'm going to sure. roll back to the beginning of the question though. Um, as far as my take on Jihad, um, I think he's, I think he's a pretty, he's a pretty, <sighs> I, I think Jihad is a very prime example of the kind of character that like he is this like dictator kind of like king like i'm in charge of everything um but i think the stuff he's seen going up the tower and even like stuff on the 131 uh 134 fourth floor has uh you know has corrupted him and has sort of broken down his original persona and and sort of you know warped him into this into the version that we see now but i don't think that like he's this guy who's like 
listen, I know the truth about everything. Um, I actually think it's the opposite. I think that he, I think that he thinks he knows everything. And I think what he's seen, he thinks is, is all there is. But I don't think by definition that can be true because we know that he hasn't cleared the tower. We know that he just stopped climbing after 134, which tells us that at the very least, there's one more floor. Mm -hmm. So how can somebody who hasn't actually climbed the whole tower know everything? You know what I mean? So I think whatever he saw made him so scared that he was like, no, we're done. That's it. But again, that isn't. So I think what it is, is is it's a man who's run out of fear and, and fear of the unknown who has now decided to like sort of stop, like I said, and, and place his empire here, right, right below that, yeah, yeah, and have all that trickle down, where it's like, okay, I would the the thing he is is he's like, you don't understand. I've seen things like the enemy that we're fighting. The, to him, that is whatever is ahead, because he doesn't know what it is, or or he can't even contemplate it. Because the thing that I always come back to at the end of the day is jihad is somebody who is you know, who touts himself as, as being on level with the gods and, 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 you know, having this sort of like almost omnipotent, uh, viewpoint and, and perspective. But I don't think he, like, I don't actually think he does. I think he's been shown that, but I think to have that perspective means that he, there's a level of bias, like of jihads that he can't be using, which he clearly does. I mean, it's the reason he got to where he is today. Jihad, first and foremost, is a mortal person, right? He literally, if it wasn't for this uh, this spell and this this contract, he could be killed. Like he's a he's a person at the end of the day. All the augmentations and spells and and whatever you have that have made him this eight foot Julius Caesar looking, you know, uh, badass, are just that. They are buffs and amplifications. But you take that stuff away. Jihad is a man who is got a grasp and a taste of power, but is scared. Of what the actual, what the the real power or the real truth of this tower is, and I think it's sort of in denial about that fact, and therefore trying to like subjugate anybody else who comes in the tower and get past him or or, or overturn him, and being like, no, this is it. There's only 130 floors. I am the top dog here. Everybody like obeys me because like this is what this is my role, right? Because if he accepts and acknowledges that there's a higher floor, that there's a stronger, you know, uh, enemy maybe than him, or that somebody could even take his position, then he loses the only thing of value that he now has, which is this, his identity as the king of the tower. Mm. Um, and then as far as the, the, the key, what kind of key is the bracelet? Uh, Gustang, I believe it's either Gustang or Edon, or maybe both of them, refer to this bracelet as being the thing Bam will need to take uh, to defeat Jihad. So I do think it might have something to do with being a way to nullify his immortality contract with the administrator because that's kind of like our biggest thing here is that like, you know, if that's not gone, he literally can't die. Like we could hit him with the strongest attack in the world. doesn't matter. Like we got to get rid of that so we can at least bring him onto the same playing field. And from there, it's like, all right, blast him with everything you fucking got. But I think that's what it's got to be because that's the only thing that to me really makes any of these you know, obviously, Jihad and, and the Ten Family Heads are, are stupid powerful, and, and you know what I mean? They've been around for, you know, centuries and centuries or whatever. Um, but, like, that's kind of the icing on the cake, is that you even if you do find something, like, you literally can't kill them. So you take that away, and they do now become, like I said, the mortal people that they have always have been. Yeah, yeah. No, good thoughts. I, I wonder, too, if, like, the end of this story is going to be 
so you think the end is when he like beats Jihad, but it's like, it's like almost beating a video game. And then it's like, wait a minute, there's one bonus level, yeah. you know, type DLC? thing. DLC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, he beats Jihad, but then the real thing is going to be, yeah. let's go to the last floor now. And it's like totally untouched. Yeah, this yeah. is somewhere like where Jihad saying, yeah. feared to tread. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, do you have what it takes? That would be very interesting. And I think there was very good points with, um, you know, with what you initially said on your take on Jihad. I, yeah, I think that he... It's interesting, like I said, because to be an adventurer is to face the unknown and to come out victorious. And yeah. and it's interesting that he is now 180 on that, where it's like he fears the unknown. Mm-hmm. But in fearing the unknown and not being able to face it, it's impossible to grow because you only have what you have. Right, yeah, and yeah. you're just stagnant, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. across the board. So he's come become this dictator you know, fascistic style of ruler. So I thought that was interesting points, but um, I think you have the next question though. So go for it. So next question is from Leeray. Leeray. Sorry if I butchered that name. Uh, Their question is the fact that Gustang used Rachel by giving her the stingray to get the bracelet from Jihad kind of implies that he didn't really count on Bam getting it. Or perhaps he even knew that the real Jihad's data was joining in since the collapse of the hidden floor was predestined. Either way, what do you think this action says about Gustang's motivations and ability? Um, first off, it it is 100% in line with everything I thought about Gustang, which is that this is not a dude who's like, bam, I believe in you and the heart of the cards. He's like, no, uh, you can go get it, but I do actually have 40 countermeasures in place because I'm like, <laughs> I'm just leaving it up to you. Um, <laughs> he's, you know, this is a man who has not only read front and back the books that he's read, but like probably wrote those, but like he does not, you know, mirrors Jihad's uh, identity in a way where he does not leave things up to chance. He does not trust people on their words and probably isn't very trusting of people in general. Uh, he's got an agenda. He has plans and procedures in place to get that thing done. No ma- at no cost, no matter what um, that. Yeah. That he was always going to get that bracelet. Like he in, I think he is even the one who says it. It's like, you know, I've got these two cards in play, whichever one does it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I will have this bracelet. Um, it's just that the Rachel method is obviously a much more, it's, it, you know, it, it, like it's, it's a much more secure method, I guess, in the sense that like that stingray, like there's no thought process. There's no hesitation. You send that thing in, you get it close enough. It's like, <laughs> and just yeets out of there. Um, yeah. And I do think there's a part of him that, that was like, yeah, bam, you can go and, and try to get it from Jihad, I guess. But like in his head, he's like, like bam beating jihad mm, i don't know you know what i mean um because to be honest until bam got the power up it's kind of getting molly whopped straight for you know uh, a couple chapters there so and even eon was like damn <laughs> uh so you know it, it, it was a lo- it was a tough bill to to fill out to be like yeah bam you by yourself like just go get the bracelet for me from jihad and and plus like the question states him even maybe knowing the fact that the destruction of the hidden floor after acquiring it is uh predestined um you know reinforced to Gustang, he's like, I can't leave this up to chance. Because if he beats Jihad even, but, like, doesn't get that bracelet before the floor is gone, it's gone. Like, I have to put it, you know, he's got to have countermeasures in play. Um, so, yeah, I think as far as his motivations and abilities, it, you know, it's pretty cut and dry. He's a very analytical, he's a very meticulous person, and he does not trust people, and he's not the kind of, you know, he doesn't think with his emotions, he thinks with his head, and he's very analytical, and the things he wants to get done, he has, un- or, you know, I guess fortunately, unfortunately, however you look at it, the influence um, and the know-how to get it done. Mm. Yeah, this is a man who's playing 6D chess right now. Yeah. Not 4D, not 5D, like 6D, right? He's incredibly intelligent, pragmatic, analytical, like Isaiah had mentioned, and I do think it makes him a pretty cool character. Some characters like that, you know, it's interesting though. Like some characters like that can be considered boring, you know, because it's like, they're so 
sure of every possible scenario that it's like it doesn't leave anything up to chance and yeah. therefore it leaves like no excitement right because it's just like no he had a thing you know for that but yeah. it does warrant respect you know and i think it'll be interesting because one of our questions moving forward if i'm not mistaken is about the um the orders that jihad gives out and now the lopado or whatever family being that he's a part of it um you know, it makes me think about how powerful he is, and I wonder how powerful he is as compared to Jihad, because we know the ten family heads are, you know, they're they're maybe not Jihad, but mm. like, you know, they're not just immediately <laughs> gonna die, right? <laughs> At least from what I gather yeah, here. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting to me, where it's like, I, like his fighting style. You know what I mean? It's like he might be cr more crafty than one would let on where it's like jihad can't just like roll up in his crib and just like smite him. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It's going to be like, he's going to be a pain in the butt to yeah. deal with if that's yeah, the case. So sure. I'm curious to see where that goes. So interesting stuff. All right. Next question. Um, so I did a split because these two questions were so similar, but they both had a lot of upvotes. So I just wanted to give credit to both the people that asked the, the question here. Um, so it's Aka Games 22 is the question that I pasted, but the Fire Potato had a super similar question. So thank you both for the questions. So Aka Games says, and Fire Potato, uh, Jihad gave out three orders with only one needing to be completed. One, kill slash destroy Fug. Two, kill everyone on the Hell Train. Or three, kill the entire Pobido family. What are your thoughts on them and the potential consequences, consequences each of them could have if each one of them were attempted? So right off the bat, I mean, number two seems to be the easiest one, right? Kill everyone on the hell train. <laughs> like, if I was the higher ups there and I'm looking at these orders, huh, take down the entire organization of Fug, go against Gustang and his entire family of roided up freaks, or go kill everyone on the hell train. Yeah, um, kill those kids. Yeah, <laughs> or kill the toddlers, like Anakin Skywalker, all of them. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going with number two, <laughs> like, to, to be honest with you. like Pick number two, my lord. Yeah, <laughs> big number two. <laughs> yeah, like, is this even a question? You know what I mean? Like, if you're looking at it. Now, I'm curious to see if there's some overly zealous types, some overachievers. Sure, sure. That's just, like, going for fug, you know? And it's like, ah, tattooed on yeah. the chest. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'll do them all. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'll do all three, you know? Fair enough, you know? And, and some of these people are that powerful where that could be an honest-to-God thing that happens. But, um, you know, going after fug is tough, right? Because fug is... How do I word this <laughs> without without sounding stupid uh, or ignorant? Because it's a hard to word it. I don't I don't know if a terrorist organization would be the right wording for them. I'm trying to find a middle ground here. A militia complicated. Group, a complicated group <laughs> militia because they're not because because the, it, it's kind of like a one eighty right. There's people yeah. in fuck for as many people in fuck that are like radicals of exactly. the idea and that are like let's burn the whole tower down. Yeah. There are there is a group that is much more akin to their original goal where it's like no we're just here uh -huh. to get revenge for our lean and it's a literal religion when yeah. you think about it it really is because they refer to their slayers as gods yeah. right and they and they refer to arlene and v as like the og gods you know and they have this mission and some people have inverted that and stuff so it's like you know if you see them on the bad side of things you might call them radicals or a terrorist organization if you see them on the lighter side of things you might call them a, mil a militia group or freedom fighters right it's like my point is, is that fug is not just like you take the word fug and shoot it and it's like fug's dead. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's so, it's like it's so idea. inner, it's an idea. Exactly. How do you destroy an idea? Right. So it's like so interwoven with everything that has to do with everything in the tower that that's to me, probably the hardest one. Right. Because even the Podo family, that one's hard because they're all roided up jacked strong people, you know, yeah, all yeah. the 10 gray family. So that's tough. But at least it's like, what's your last name? 
Lobedo? Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then you fight them, right? Where it's like, fug, it's like, you fug. Well, I'm actually this sect of fug that's like broke off from that sect of yeah, fug. Yeah, yeah. We like Reflejo, but then he did that. You know, and it's like, where the hell do you go from there without just like nuking everyone, you know, on the bottom 90 floors and be yeah, like, yeah. problem solved. So I am, uh, I'm very curious to see. I think the ramifications is it's, it's war, you know, no matter what is yeah. going to happen, it's going to be war. And I think the most realistic one is just destroying everyone on the hell train. Um, you know. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I definitely think it's interesting that the orders that he gave, and I, 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 in a weird, fucked up, um, you know, twisted way, this idea that Jihad always executes orders in threes, and he's like, yeah, like pick one. I want you to, I want you to choose which, which, th- what thing you do, um, because he wants these. He doesn't want it to be like, go do that one thing. That's it. Like, do it or, or die. You know what I mean? It's like, no, like, what are you talking about? In the Jihad Empire, everybody has choice. You can do what you want. You can do one, two, or three. That's choice, right? You know what I mean? And it's like, of course, to these people he subjugated and or brainwashed and, like, really got in under his thumb. You know, we even see those two people uh, at the very end of the chapters we read that we who just got introduced. Um, they, they, they refer to it in the exact mind. They're like, when Jihad gives out these orders, like, lowly servants like us, like, we, you know, it consider it an honor and it's like you just you know you pick one and you have to choose what you know what path you want to take so to speak um but obviously it's like you know what i mean in, in, like i said it, it is it is that in a fucked up sense because it's not right if you narrow somebody's choices down to three options and you're like no you have the choice it's like well realistically i could choose the fourth option which is to not do any of them but i feel like that <laughs> would get me under some hot water with you um so it's like they don't actually have choice but so i think that's interesting in itself uh i do think that Everyone, I, I actually actually thinking about it, killing and destroying Fug and killing and everyone on the Hell Train are probably the safest bets. I would assume only because we don't know the problem with the Lopobo family is that if the order is to kill everybody in the family, I'm I'm going to assume, <clears throat> excuse me, that the one person that he probably wants dead the most is Gustang. But that nigga's literally immortal, which means like nobody but Jihad could pro- or one of the other ten heads could probably kill him. Um, and I don't even think that's the case because it's not that like they all have immortality except for each other. It's like they all have immortality. So unless you get rid of that spell, you can't kill them. So Gustang's just not going to die unless you get rid of that. So it's like you could kill his whole family, which good fucking luck because he's got like, they got like two princesses in that family. Um, You know, and it's like, but you're, that that goal is literally it, it feels like a, a false lead in a sense where it's like yeah go kill the whole family and it's like oh we, we killed everybody we couldn't get Gustang and he's like I said kill the whole family and it's like but we we literally can't he's, he's mortal and he's like so you didn't do it it's like you know where it's like I'll just go kill the kids on the train because like they're all not immortal and um I think there's only like six of them so like you know and they're like what regulars there's like one e right we'll just kill them um. And then the Fug thing, and like you brought up, yes, it's a lot more complicated with Fug because it's like, all right, go kill Fug. And it's like, uh, we found this group of people that say they're from Fug. And it's like, all right, cool, kill them. And it's like, actually, that other group over there, they also say they're from Fug, but they kind of say they're like, fuck with Jihad. And it's like, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> like, okay. You know, and it's like, it gets into all this. I guess you could go under the, the, the nuke umbrella and be like, if they say they're from Fug, kill them. I don't care what they want. I don't care what sect they are. I don't care what kind. If they, if they say the word Fug and don't say hate, Make sure they stop breathing. Um, but that's just a much taller order because we know that Fug is not this, like, you know, small huddled group of people that all have infighting going on. That, like you said, they're a little religion. Like, they span, there's so many different sects of them at this point. There's so many different groups. Like, you'd, you'd have a whole journey up and down the tower, I feel like, you know, before you get rid of all of them where it's like, again, it's like, 
this question, this this choice of of things is like, go do this really long and kind of ridiculous task. Go do this actually kind of impossible task, or kill a bunch of kids. <laughs> and it's like, oh, try to kill the baby. I'm not above that shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, like I feel like yeah. So I definitely feel like, like, and just for narrative purposes, obviously, you know what I mean. Trying to include the main cast, like. Feels like we're gearing at number two here, um, you know. Uh, so that's definitely interesting. I think, uh, I, and the consequences of each of them being attempted, I think, are just you know, like you said, is the war that it incites. Because no matter what option they pick, there is gonna be a war that's incited essentially. Because Jihad has now moved from like that you know large stoic figure in the way back of the story, who's like peons, and now it's like. Kill them. <laughs> you know, it's like now his focus is on them and he's a much more direct threat to us. And so, like, whatever happens, because, you know, I feel like if he picks the middle option two, where he's going after everyone in the hell train, they might enlist help from Fug to back them up. So that drags Fug into this. If they go after Fug, Fug might enlist Bam and, and company to, you know what I mean? Or like in a Pobodo because he's also working with Bam's team, kind of, sort of. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what option you pick, I think that's the consequence is that you actually are going to have to deal with all of them because, like, in a way, Jihad is like, yeah, like I'm not telling you to do all three, just do one. But Jihad knows he knows the links between these these three. That's why he put them there, you know. So he's like, they're gonna have to do all three, and I think that's just the kind of fucked up dude Jihad is. <laughs> I'm just uh, this has nothing to do with the question, but I just I was just thinking. I, they said it took what sixty years for Yurik to climb the tower. Sixty, think so, something like that. Yeah, and he was the fastest one ever. We've gone through like what, eight years in total, with like this whole squad. It's gonna be a lot of time skips coming up, right? Like, yeah, I there's think gotta so. be a huge time skip at least at the end of t- season two. I think so. Where yeah. it's like, I mean, if anyone's gonna be able to break that record, it's Bob. It's Bob. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, even breaking it, you know, it's implied Yurik is like fourth strongest dude. So like, even if Bomb is like first strongest dude, like. I'm saying it still takes him a cool 20, 30 years, you know yeah. what I mean, to, like, go off. And he's got to contend with it, bringing everybody else up with him, too. Yeah, I think that's what's going to slow him down. Yeah, it's not like, Bam, because if Bam went exactly. up by himself, he could probably break that record. So, but. yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking of that, and I'm like, damn, bro, these time skips are going to be nuts. Like, Because like, because you were saying, like, Jihad's in the story now, right? He's there, but it's like, when does he just, like, come down and do it himself? You know what I mean? Like, if it's, like, X years, and I, like, wonder what he has going on up top where it's, like, he can't just leave and do that. You know what I mean? Like he's got it. Like I don't think I. I don't know. I don't think that it's that so much that he just can't. Like that he's got. Like he's like guys. I'm. Can you please just fuck? I'm. I'm. I'm cooking over here. Like you know. <laughs> um. I do. You know. And maybe this is simplifying his character a little. I do honestly think he is just a guy that loves playing with his food. Like I think he he genuinely is like, I could kill them, but like like don't forget Jihad. The reason that a lot of these. I mean the test. The, the idea of the test in on the floors existed before Jihad because that was part of the tower but like that structure is very much in place with him as the as the ruler jihad is even we saw with the with um when he fights bam they could have just done a straight out fight but he's like let's make this a game like jihad likes playing with his food he this is the dude who's like if he's gonna kill you or make a game out of killing you he's gonna make a game out of killing you because he's that cocky and arrogant about the fact that he could just kill you he's like but that's boring yeah i could wipe you off the face of the earth in literally a second but like that's not fun you know? I wonder if there's like some weird. We're really going off on tangent here. I'm sorry, but like I wonder if there's some weird thing to be said where it's like Jihad almost wants Bomb to like get to him and maybe even win in like some weird way because I I the reason I say that is because when you know we see young Jihad. 
fighting him and basically, you know, kind of plays with it. And it's like, he wants there to be a challenge right on that Mm -hmm. end where it's like, that's why he's not just killing him immediately because like, there's a thrill in that he's an adventurer at heart. Mm -hmm. And then when he, you know, tells Jihad um, later on where it's like, or, you know, big Jihad (laughs) comes down he tells him, he's like, this guy got to come here. And it's like, I don't know. To me, it's like Jihad's like, you're going to regret that. Like, you know, there's things I know, et cetera, but then, and like he issues the order. But again, I'm curious to know like why this is a guy who now mm-hmm. has seems to have all of his bases covered. So if I'm Jihad, literally going to waltz right the fuck down, be like, I'm King. You know what I mean? Somebody's like, you can't come in here. Show him the badge. You know what I mean? Come in and then walk right the fuck back upstairs. You know what I mean? And just be like, all right, yeah. sit my ass down on the chair. Let's you know uh, conduct business as usual. So it's like, and then the the one part that like I keep on thinking about this, and I'm like, okay, I'm probably overanalyzing this, but I can't help it. When Edon is taking the pill and blowing himself up, essentially, and he's screaming, and Big Jihad goes, baby, like that. I can't help but think there's like some weird thing still that like this small little fire that kindles in Jihad where it's like he he he's like almost suppressing the part of him. It's not that he's necessarily completely turn coded and like that part of him no longer exists, but rather that he's pushing it down that adventurer, that good side of him and like lying to himself being like a king needs to do this. A king needs to do that. Like Arlene, they had it coming. They had to do this. Like I've seen mm-hmm. things, blah, blah, blah. It's the Darth Vader complex. Yeah. Kinda. It's yeah. like the Vader th- complex thing. Like I can't help but think in that moment where he says, baby, like, why would a king that's just so unconcerned with everything, he's like, I control fate, space, time. You know what I mean? Would mm-hmm. be like, baby. You know what I mean? Like when his when his old boy is like doing that, it just like I can't help but think there's almost this weird thing where it's like if he really, really wanted Bomb dead and for a guy that, you know, ties every loose end to then also play with his food seems so counterintuitive. So it's like, I almost don't know if it's like a play with your food style thing, or or if it's like a legit, like I kind of weirdly deep down want bomb to get to me and maybe even beat me or at least give me a challenge because it's like just to shake shit up. I I, I do think that there's something to be said for Jihad, like being like, you know what? Like come, like I'm on uh, floor 134. Like, meet me there. You know what I mean? Like, I do think there's something to be said for Jihad maybe wanting Bam to succeed, and that's why he's not just going down and killing himself. But again, in the essence of playing with his food, um, Jihad also refers to this idea that, like, he is the one that can control fate. And he's like, when he first sees Bomb, he immediately identifies him because of his eyes, and he's like, I've already killed you once before. He's like, this is a weird thing that fate seems to be doing to us. Like, you know, fate's clearly toying with me here because it's brought you back into my life. Like, I didn't think I'd have to kill you twice. But I will like, and so because if if Bam, he killed Bam as a baby, and and then he was like, I did it, like that was that was the 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 card that I played, the decision I made, and now because Jihad is somebody who who views himself as being able to control fate, Bam surviving that encounter and now coming back up the tower to kill him is again is literally Jihad versus fate is in his mind is fate's way of being like, sorry, you don't get to make the final call here, <clears throat> like. We Bam is still alive and he's coming to kill you. So now Jihad, I don't think Jihad wants Bam to win because in Jihad's mind that means fate wins and then he couldn't control it. That's fair. I think he's like, yeah, Bam, come up the tower, but I will kill you again because once again, 
when it comes to me and fate, mm-hmm. I get the final say. I will I will be the one that controls space, time, and fate, and I will not let you like your that ba- that battle is going to be such a huge deal because it's going to be ideologies of this tower. Right? It's going to be Jihad's ideology of how the tower runs versus it's like bam in a way is going to represent the natural turn of events of the tower mm. um who i think i i can't get to that in my head dude Heon, i i, I that nigga has something <laughs> to do with like the tower as as a whole spectrum yeah, there's yeah. no way you're telling me that that one dude who's been there like from the gate from the little inception of the tower just like stays at floor one and is just like yeah you can go you can go like just let's be like that's it he's got it i feel like he's the one who like he is the representation of the nature of this tower or something i don't know but i i do think that that's the reason why he's like so okay with not just killing bam because if he goes down and kills bam now it's like oh yeah i i like that was that's him intervening but if he lets fate play out because again even the way he like his data self talks to him if he lets fate bring Bam all the way up to the 30, then like, it's almost like giving, he's playing with fate, right? It's almost like letting fate yeah. like get a little bit of security and be like, yeah, we got Bam all the way up to the, the 134th floor. And then he's like, I still win. You know what I mean? I think, so I do ultimately think he is still very much like I'm playing with my food. But again, I think he's, he's scared. He's so scared of the, like, if he does that, if he does it that way, that method, that like definitively proves, you know, in his mind that he can control fate. But if he just went down and killed Bam, like out of, you know, out of just squashing the problem early, like that, that doesn't, right? It doesn't say the same message or it doesn't give him the same security that he really is the dominator of fate, especially just because Bam's existence brings into question that like, you know what I mean? That he's already kind of got some slip on that. So that's what I think personally. Mm. No, it was, um, it was good points. I think I, I, I yeah, you got the next okay. one. Next question is from Death to Boredom. Thank you for the question. They say, how does seeing that Jihad gives even such... Mm, sorry. Seeing that Jihad gives even such important orders like a war or eliminating a family and criminal organization through something as disconnected and cold as text instead of actively talking to his counsel affect how you view them, especially when he has seen, especially when we have seen that Data Jihad at least talked with his agents with his pocket. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it says we, we've talked a lot about Jihad and his personality. And I think, again, this is just another thing that indicates it because something that sticks out to my mind reading this question, like the question indicates, is the way that he talked to the big breeder on the pocket. And he's like, you built this whole stadium? And the guy's like, yeah. And he's like, cool. This looks dope. Like, good job. You know what I mean? It sounds simple. But again, something like that is like your boss calling you up on the phone and being like, hey, did you send that report to me? Like, it looks good. Good job. Versus like getting an email that says like, like with a thumbs up, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, it, it, but, but again, I think it is very indicative of their places, uh, those where Jihad was in those times of his life. Younger Jihad, like I said, was very much less corrupted and tainted. He very much still had, was connected with this idea of who people are and how to interact with them and how he wanted to be seen by those people, right? He wanted to be seen as this ruler. He wanted to be seen as somebody that, that garners respect, but he was not above like speaking to his servant or speaking to people that were below him or beneath him. Um, and acknowledging things when they needed to be acknowledged or, or what have you, where Jihad now is very, like, yeah, some people that are, like, swear to, lo- like, to death, loyal to Jihad, probably have never even seen this dude, bro, have never, don't even know what he looks like, but, like, that's the point, he's like, you're not 
worthy to know what like I, you'd be lucky to hear my voice in an off conversation like you read that text and just know that that text comes he probably doesn't even write the text you know what i mean like he's like just know that those words come from me that's all you need like that's you could die happy you know what i mean like that's how disconnected he is from these people that are beneath him the people that serve him um because he's kind of a dick <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it's just like the whole, uh, you know, text versus call thing, you know, call versus FaceTime. Jod's like, where did this empire go wrong? And it's like, Jod, just call niggas, bro. <laughs> just call them, you know. There's definitely, a, a, you know, a, a lot of times with that, it's an offering of time, you know, when you're going into the next step of texting versus calling versus an email versus whatever. It's just how much time you're willing to give someone and jihad is like i'm a busy freaking dude and like to be honest like y'all got it you know so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw you the text sheet and uh you guys can check it off as you go uh shoot me a message when you do and we'll go from there you know like good job um he's definitely become more impersonal as he's gotten higher because he just he thinks himself above you know this is a guy again i sound like a broken record here but i cannot stress enough this guy is trying to control fate yeah yeah that's not a willy-nilly thing that you just, like, slip to the side and be like, I'm trying to control fit. That's, like, the secret of the universe, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, yeah. this is, like, this is the biggest it goes. This is, this is bigger than, like, space and time. This is beyond that. It's all yeah, intermingled. It's like, this guy is some big brain shit, some big stuff going on in his life, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah. So, he's just like, I have literally hit a different level. We were saying this in a couple episodes ago where it's like, you know, sometimes... If somebody just advances so far in their field or whatever, you know, some people just get left in the dust when it comes to that. And, what, you know, and Jihad is just like, I can't even, I don't even have the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to do this fate thing. Read it <laughs> off the paper. You know what I mean? Like, and come to me when it's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm not. Your answer, you know? your answer, like, frames it as like, look, guys, you don't get it. Jihad is just really busy. Okay? <laughs> like, it's not that he's like, like, you're Jihad's PR guy where it's like, like. Yo, Jihad hasn't called us or talked to us in forever. What the fuck? And you're like, guys, guys, look, when you're somebody trying to control fate, that's a lot on your plate, okay? <laughs> Just because Jihad hasn't come and called you guys, rest assured, Jihad loves each and every one of you. Meanwhile, Jihad's like up there literally sitting in his chair just being like, who can I kill today? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> No, that is funny, the way I framed it. I don't mean it as, like, a defense, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, I'm not saying, like, Jihad, you do whatever you want, you take your time, you know what I mean? All these other people could piss off, they're trying to waste your time. I don't mean it like that, like, obviously he's a dick, but I'm just saying, it's like, to him, his self-perceived shit that he's got going on is like, I don't got a time, you know, for all that kind of stuff. I do just picture myself now, it's like, you know, the, like, the presidents have their press secretary that comes out and all the reporters comes out, and it's like... Uh, what do you take on Jihad's comments about this? And it's like, well, <clears throat> actually, Jihad said this. And if you go back to this, I'll circle back with you. <laughs> but Jihad's got a lot going on right now. When is all the food shortages going to be addressed and all the people? Food is very important to Jihad. Let's, let's put that on the table. But fate, let's remember fate is much more important than food right now. And once we have fate covered, once we get this whole fate thing under control, then we can worry about food because it'll control fate. So don't worry. <laughs> Next, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, good question. Oh, Funny man. talks. But yes. all right, next one, number seven, comes from Spee. I think this is, uh, this is a... I don't know if it's a newcomer to the Discord, but I think one of the first times we've it's seen a, a question name. on here. New name. Um, so thank you very much for the question. Hopefully you're watching. <laughs> um, Spee says, this question has shaken up the TOG community in the past. 
exactly why I added it. Is bomb ranker level at this point? And I can see why it shakes it up because some people in our comments sometimes be like, <laughs> let me get one thing fucking straight. <laughs> Did you just compare a regular, a fucking regular to a ranker? A ranker. I'll have you know and, and just proceed with fucking essay about like how fucking dare you have the gall to compare someone to oh, a ranker. Man. So I think it's kind of, I think it's, how right am I? I think our comments have it. I just don't like how honest to God accurate that was because it won't even be like, hey guys, I don't actually really think they're like on that level to be like, do you understand that a regular would be lucky to lick the dirt off of a ranker's boots? I can't believe you even use the English language in such a disgusting way as to compare a regular to a ranker. Do you understand I'd have to write six books to describe the other six books of distance there is between their... Like, Bottom line is you're a fucking idiot, okay? And if you ever do that again, I will dislike every video you've ever created, okay? And attempt to create. And I will unsubscribe and tell my entire family to never subscribe to the AOA show. <laughs> so I think this is a funny question for starters. Um, and it's a lot of that is... When the more you read into the story, obviously the more of a gap you realize there is. Because we see less rankers in the beginning of this story. We see like Lero Rowe and Hansung or whatever. And then, you know, we go from there and we see like, you know, we have Jihad's Royal Guard, right? Like comes out with like fish blasting out of his mouth. And Hansung's like, I got a bigger fish. And you yeah, think to yeah. yourself, you're like, it's pretty strong, but like. I think the boys could get there eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then, yeah, like, yeah. the more you go, now we're getting to, like, Yuri just covered everything in flowers and blew it all up. Like, and the more you go, the more of the gap yeah. you realize, you know? So it is funny. Um, but to answer the question, um, is bomb ranker level? Yeah. <laughs> I actually think, no, I genuinely do think, like, after all that being said and done, right? And the only reason I say that is because, if I'm not mistaken, they compared uh, Edon and Jihad to being able to um, compare with some rankers, I think. Or maybe I'm getting this wrong, and civilly, you can correct me if I'm wrong, civilly, um, if I did get, misinterpret this. I don't know if it was a question that somebody posed in a previous discussion or if we read this somewhere in a blog post or something, but I could have swore someone somewhere was saying that Jihad and Edon, like at this point, are so strong that they are they could probably compete with some rankers at this point. You, in, you know what was, it was? What was that I, about? If I remember correctly, it's when Data Jihad and Data um, Edon first fight mm. in that weird plate, in that little like temp palace or whatever, and um, Han Sung Yu gets there, like ends up coming in, and he notices the fight, and he's like, oh my god. This is one of the ten family heads and one of the the future leader of the tower before they were even rankers because at that point of their journey they hadn't even gotten to the top floor right you have to be get you have to clear the tower to become a ranker so I think they were saying they were stronger or appeared to be stronger than rankers when they weren't even rankers yet just because of the scale of the fight that was happening yeah. he was so like impressed because he's like they're, they're not even like te technically rankers but like look at their power yeah. um i think that's what it was okay. i remember that conversation specifically so if that's correct then yeah i would have to assume that bomb is at that level because if that's true and bomb just went toe-to-toe -to -toe with jihad one plus one is two you know like that that's it quick math so now if that wasn't said and i misinterpreted that then maybe not you know in the sense that again we were just talking about this before 
they've been, we've been at this story for like 10 years, something like that, you know, and there are 134 floors. They are roughly a little less than one third. They're about mm. a quarter into, um, into their climb. Yeah. So, you know, even though bomb is pretty damn gifted, like these people have gotten up to the 134th fourth floor. So maybe not, but I guess just off the text, I would assume that if anyone was able to compare, I think it'd be bomb, you know, at this point, but what do you think? Uh, I, yeah. So I definitely, the only thing that I would put in his corner as a negative, and this wouldn't even be like, no, there's no way he's not a ranker. It would be like, he's right under a ranker is that the power that he displayed uh, in his fight with Jihad was clearly like literally very new to him. And he does not like, you know, he was like, he doesn't have that like firm, super, like I can whip the shit out in a second and blast you all day with it kind of control on that power whereas when he was when jihad when he's fighting jihad like jihad's clearly not going through that same level of struggle so i think it's like that discipline and ability to execute that kind of power on a consistent basis is what might separate him from someone like a ranker so he would probably lose a fight to a ranker in the sense that the ranker could probably go for longer than he could you know what i mean Mm. you know argue unless pam doesn't delete the person first um but I, if that's the case, and I, and I say that on shaky ground, Bam is like, what could give any ranker, I feel like, a run for their fucking money. Like, this dude, if, if any, and I want to make that clear, too, if anybody, because I, any, I don't think anybody else in his party is at the level of a ranker, but Bam specifically, because he can whip out black holes and nukes and, and Shinsu orbs on a dime, um, and he's got two demons inside of him, um, yeah, could probably fuck up with a ranker real quick and, and you know, make them sweat a little bit. It, it's weird when you compare these irregulars on the scale of regular, I mean, on uh, regular to ranker, because I feel like they literally just cheat at the game, dude. It's like, for someone like Lara Rowe, who started as a regular and had to climb all the way up and learn all these skills and get all this experience and then make it to the top, and now he's a ranker because of the level of resistance he has to Shinsu, the amount he's able to control it, the the experience he got along the way, that's what makes him a ranker. But, like, these irregulars just cheat because they just get power buffs and shit, like, just by existing, you know? Yeah. That it's, like, Bam could probably go up half the floors that Lero Rowe had to go to and still be at Lero Rowe's power level because of the scale that an irregular is on versus a, a regular. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, Lero Rowe is a ranker, but he's a ranker in rank. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's still a regular. A regular compared to an irregular, I feel like it's a, a muddy comparison. So mm-hmm. it's, like, yeah, I do think I do think that Bam is at the level of a ranker now you know you could argue ranker high ranker it's like you know then we get a little bit more complicated there um a low ranker maybe yeah but do i think he could beat a ranker like i was saying before right now maybe not necessarily i I could see an argument for a ranker uh weeding him out you know just if it's in the case of time but i by no means if that was the case do i think it's like just by experience. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but no, yeah, no, I think that's very relevant. Yeah. Is that like the ranker? It's like I think it's two different questions to be like, is Bomb's power on the scale of that of a ranker? Like, do I think that Bomb could beat probably the rest of the tower with what he has right now? Ah, he's got probably pretty close, right? You know, like again, so long as he gets a hold on it and he could just do that on a dime. Um, he's gotta be getting close there. He's got to be really damn close, but, but, um, but yeah, but like, even if it's a low ranker, but if it comes to like, oh, is he on the level of a ranker when it comes to like, you know, you put like quant versus him or mm-hmm. something like that, yeah, like yeah, quant yeah. just from 
raw experience, you know, is like he knows how to navigate and all that kind of thing there is to it. But yeah, yeah. You know, sorry to cut yeah. you off. No, no, no. And that's fair. And like, again, like you compare him to, like I said, like a high ranker. Like, I, I don't know that he could go toe to toe with Karaka yet. Right, because I feel like if they no. did, Karaka could still outbeat him in the experience and time category yeah, of being yeah. like, "But I've got w- a much better grip on my power than you do." So yeah. if anything, like you're strong, but I could just weed you out. I could just let the clock run, and like I know you'll tire yourself out eventually, and then I go in for the kill. Where it's like, like I said, Bam has incredible strength, and his powers and power ups that he's gotten are phenomenal. But that's going to be the, the the kicker. Once he gets like a, a grip on that, and once he can once he can fight with that power at the same consistency that Jihad was fighting him. Then it's a different story. Then we're then it's like okay, now you see Bam and you should probably run the other way because now that now he's a force to be reckoned with. But right now he's kind of like this volatile glass cannon, right? Where he can let you know. But but that glass cannon, it's a pretty good fucking cannon. Like yeah, if it hits yeah. you, <laughs> you, you're, you're you know a ranker is going to get hurt. Sure. You know, so it's yeah. I do. I am more in the camp, I guess, to be a little bit more definitive about the question of Bam being you know at. The level of a ranker. Yeah, because you got. Sorry, I'm going off on this. You got to think about it too, like when Quant does the reverse flow control. Bomb's like, got it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Quant yeah. was like, what the fuck? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's like me, I took years to yeah, learn. Yeah, that, that took me so long to learn that. Right. So like, I think they even said that like reverse Shinsu or reverse flow Shinsu control is like that's like a ranker thing for yeah. the most part too, or like people that you know are very experienced or gifted and stuff. So like. My That's point what I mean. is, the is regular like, to irregular rank or ratio is also something I feel so, people don't so consider. Hard. And yeah, it's like that it's makes so him kind of a, a variable. Let's put it this way. If Bomb whipped one of those black holes at Quant's head, I think it would do something, is my point. And it, even if it could make him bleed, if it could make him be like, ow, you know what I mean? Like, he's basically there, right? If Quant is like the lowest ranker there is, like, Bomb could be technically right where he is now, the lowest, like, compared to a little below Quant, but I think that still makes him, like, ranker material, yeah. I think is the point, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it's hard. You right. just can't get to, I think some people get in the mindset of, like, you know, they look at, like, Yuri's and Karaka's and, That's like, what people I mean. that are, like, top like 100 high rank, yeah, or, like, like you, these dudes. But it's, like, I think if Bomb goes toe-to-toe again, yeah. I'll use Quant as my example here because he's the lowest mm-hmm. common denominator, like... I don't think Bomb just gets immediately stomped. You know what I'm saying? At least if you can control that power on a dime. No, not at all. Yeah, Yeah. so anyway, that's Um, my opinion. But Isaiah, we actually have a bonus question today. That's right. For those of you who stayed, put that damn camera on. I'm just kidding. For those of you who made it to this far in the episode, thank you very much. Uh, this has yes, been a fun one because these has. were fantastic chapters. Uh, by the way, go watch the live stream if you haven't already. It's on AOA Reacts where we have all of our live read-throughs from now on. So you definitely want to subscribe to the AOA Reacts channel so you don't miss any future live streams. Um, but we have a bonus question today, and it comes by um, a surprise person. Isaiah, you want to tell them who it is? Our final bonus question comes from our Tower of God sensei, uh, Dr. Dabonhead. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Dr. Dabonhead. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> uh, for the question. His question is, why do you think White's sworn enemy is a sword? I know it was only on a panel, so you guys just thought it was weird, but think about it. He always brags about how he how using a, a weapon means there isn't any emotion attached, etc. But deep down, does White hate that about himself? Or is it resembling his bad upbringing or maybe even his father? There's something super interest. There's some super interesting character stuff right there. Uh, definitely agree that, and this is again why I like White as a villain because I think just the fact that the story is taking time to like flesh out this part of the character, where it's like White, you know, his goal here is like I've got to kill my father and like 
get over that obstacle so I can become the family head. But it's a clearly such a traumatic thing on that on White as a character that, or, or you know, Joaquin, however you want to identify it, um, like that that is what spawned all of this. But it like wasn't out of like the superiority complex, right? It was out like the original intent here is emotion, like right the the trauma that his it induced of his father being like, if you're not a powerful weapon, you're you're nothing. Like you mean nothing to me. Traumatized him, right? And he was like. Oh fuck, you know, and then so so that coupled with this this devil or demon that he ends up making a pact with to get this spell, I do think that the fact that his sworn enemy is a sword is not like, oh, white well, uses a sword, so a sworn enemy is a sword, haha, <laughs> funny, funny. Um, but that it is a literal like a metaphorical call to the fact that white's philosophy, you know, which again, like I said, is imbued on by his father, states that if you were, you know, and he, he frames it so well when he's talking to Casano. You have to make a decision as to what kind of, you know, what you want to be. If you're going to be a person or a weapon. But keep in mind, a weapon does not have feelings. A weapon does not speak. It attacks. It gets used. And then it goes back in its sheath. That's it. Clear cut. A person can do all those other things. You can speak. You can whine. You can talk. But a person is nowhere near ever as effective as a weapon. Because a weapon always does what it's told. And it always does its job 100% of the time. And again... Your father telling you that as a little kid, a little fucked up <laughs> um, and probably, you know, makes you think some fucked up things about the people and, and the world and stuff. And so I think his idea is his sworn enemy is that that sword, I think, is in a way is white looking at himself in the mirror. It's the part of himself that he might not actually like that much. And it's the part of himself that is everything he he was told he has to be in order to become the head of the Ari family, which is this, uh, you know, which is a sword. He can't be, he has to, the sworn enemy, and, you get, and I love how actually how many of uh, the character sworn enemies in this arc were some weird reflection on their past or themselves, um, and I think White is no exception, where it's like he sees this sword, but what he's seeing in that sword is himself. He's seeing the version of himself that he would have to be to to kill his father, and and I think <clears throat> the fact that it's, the, the fact that it's, sorry, we've been talking for a long time. <laughs> the fact that it's his sworn enemy tells him that, you know, or, or tells us as the viewers that it's like, maybe he doesn't, you know, maybe he's not as fond of that vision of himself as, as he even originally, because again, that's one of the things I love about this hidden floor arc is that it doesn't make these characters confront problems that they're like, ah, you know what? I really just hate chocolate. Like I've told everybody I hate chocolate. If you give me chocolate, I won't eat it. And then there's one enemy is a chocolate bar. And it's like, just give it an honest try. Just, just try it. Tell me what you think. It makes these characters confront problems that, like, they don't even think are problems or they don't even want to talk about. Like, it goes fucking deep. It goes deep into their character. And it's like, no, this thing that you tell everybody you want, I don't think you do. I don't, I genuinely don't think you want it as much as you say you do because, I, like, because this mirror has the ability to, honest to God, like, give you a reflection of what you like and what you don't like. And if that's what you're seeing, you know what I mean? That's the message. You, you don't like this thing that you, what you say you like. No, I thought that was very well put. And um, yeah, I do find it interesting that the sword being that it has no one wielding it as his sworn enemy is very telling in the sense that I think a lot of White's character or Joaquin's character in general feeds or yearns for that sort of emotional support, love. I would even wager that he would rather be yelled at than to... to to have nothing at all because the way his father refers to him, it's not that he's yelling at him necessarily yeah. or whatever. He's just like, that's good. 
not going to do it. You know, and then just, that's it. He's like, you're not going to do yeah. it. Like, that's it. And he's like, it's just so blank. Very you know what I mean? Fact, it's like, there's, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no emotion behind it where it's like, yell at me, do something. <laughs> like, tell me, I'll, you know, like get mad or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I know that you're there, that you care about that's, this. Yeah. And I feel like the sword is symbolic of that, that it has no wielder is that he's just fighting against this like blank slate. And, uh, you know, th- this, this this sort of um, lack of emotion that comes at him from all the people that he's encountered, and especially his father, you know? The, it's like, it's soulless, which is ironic, because he eats souls, you know? But it's mm-hmm. like, the, all the souls he eats, he can never actually mimic that sort of love, that sort of emotion, that sort of thing that comes to him. So that was really interesting character stuff there, and it was a good question. Very, so very Thank you, Joe. Uh, much appreciated. But anyway... Uh, I think we're good here. That was eight questions today. All of them were very good questions, and we went in pretty hard on these. So hopefully you guys did enjoy it. It These were a really fun set of chapters to read. So really excited to see where we go from here. Um, If you guys did like the video today, make sure you guys are liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, sharing with your friends, commenting your thoughts down below. What did you think of our discussion, the questions, how would you have maybe answered some of these, etc.? Uh, let us know all those thoughts in the comments down below. And make sure you guys are participating in the Discord. Like I said, you got an hour after every live stream, which takes place at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays. So as soon as we're done with that, generally we'll wrap up around 2. Um, you got an hour to say whatever you want to say. Uh, ask whatever you want to ask, so long as you're following the rules. And it might just end up on one of our discussions here. So definitely take part in that. Um, goes a long way. So uh, we also have our question of the day or comment of the day here. And then we're going to have a question for folks to answer. So maybe your comment will be uh, read aloud on our next discussion video. But before I get into that, I just wanted to quickly shout out our patrons and thank them for the overwhelming support that they show us. Couldn't do it without you guys. And a special thank you to Stoic and Nathan, our acolytes of anime. But with that being said, let's get into the comment of this video, comment of the video here. Um, Isaiah, you want to read it? Sure thing. So <clears throat> this comment comes from Vladimir, who also had one of the questions. So thank you, Vlad. Uh, the question that we had in the comments, which uh, what is the name or nickname rather that Wang Nan refers to himself as? And some people had just Future King of the Tower, the thing that we were looking for, um, which I guess is like kind of weird because he does refer, use both, but is Prince of the Red Light District because it's one that other people know, right? Like even we see the sword in the latest chapters, that's the name that it refers to Wang Nan as, not Future King of the Tower. So it was specifically looking for the that, that one, and some people did use both. Anyway, Vlad got it, um, and his comment was, Bam definitely develops his relationship with red and blue Threshas, uh, but what I'm excited to see is how he'll compare to Jihad in the end. I really like your guys' prediction of Bam controlling the demon and Jihad being the one controlled. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree that the relationship between Bam and these demons is pretty cool, and how he, like, you know, like we were saying, how he sort of seems to be making them part of him, his personality, and like using them and controlling them. Where, uh, you know, personally, I think it's the opposite, where Jihad has sort of been a little bit consumed by his own power or consumed by the demons that reside in him. Um, so, thank you for the comment. Mm, fantastic. Uh, so, our question for this one, because I didn't think of one beforehand, and you know, I love asking whose position is what. What's Jihad's position? Because he does say what his position is when yes. he goes to fight with Edan against his giga jihad self so (laughs) let us know what jihad's position is and then state your comment and we might just read it in our next discussion but that's all we have for you today thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening we love you all and your beautiful faces and we will catch you on the flip peace peace
Ninjas are samurais, blaze of the cool knives. Find me in the leaf of the cloud, screaming out Bankai. We just some ghouls though, who like seeing parts fly.